Welcome, welcome, welcome to IBF On Demand. We got an exciting program for you. Before we get started, I got something very important to tell you, something you need to hear. In the next few years, AI, machine learning, robots, R2D2, whatever you want to call it, in the next few years, they're going to fundamentally change the way we are doing business today. So let's get started. Once again, my name is Eric Wilson. I am your not so humble, very passionate host of IBF On Demand. We're going to be, this is the first podcast. We're going to be talking about bringing you content about predictive analytics, business forecasting, SNOP, various topics that are impacting your field today. So we are sponsored by Arkiva, your one plan SNOP software solution. We're happy to have them on board. Uh, we're pleased that they're able to sponsor this content, provide for you an IBF. IBF, a little bit about us in case you're uh, tuning in for the first episode. IBF was actually started probably in the early 80s, 1981, by Dr. Jane. Dr. Jane was the founder, really brought business forecasting as a field and practice together. Uh, was the founder of the Journal of Business Forecasting, which is still available today for the IBF. And it has great content from peer-reviewed articles, people that, like you, with stuff that you're doing today. Right now, IBF's goal is to foster growth of demand planning, forecasting, SNOP, and the careers of these in these fields. So it's basically, it's a membership organization. We're a community, and that's what really this is about. A community of like-minded people talking about what we do as a profession to make it better. We have the exams, CPF, ACPF exams. We benchmark researching. A lot of it we're going to be talking about in these podcast coming up, talking about a lot of that research we're doing, talking about best practices. We talked about the Journal of Business Forecasting. We got a vast content of library of information. This podcast is going to be one more piece of in that library. It's the reason. It's a new medium. We're providing information for you in a new format, but we're just pretty much adding to the library we already have of content. So that's really what this is about and what we're going to be talking about going forward. I said I'm honored to be part of it. I'm happy that Arkiva is part of it as well for the first few episodes. But I said I'm honored because I'm not necessarily the expert. I'm more of an advocate. Since this is a community. We're in this together. So I'm here to help facilitate the conversation, bring this information for you on a monthly basis is what we're trying to do. My name is Eric Wilson. I am the Director of Thought Leadership for the Institute of Business Forecast, IBF. I've got... 20, 30 years of experience uh, in this field. I actually started with IBF early on, my first conference in Scottsdale, Arizona. To be honest, I went to the conference as a speaker because I didn't want to pay for the conference. So the only way I could get to uh, my company to pay for it was to send me as a speaker. I fell in love with it, with the organization. I fell in love with the community because these were people just like me. They were having the same problems, same struggles that I was having. So I became more and more involved. And I said, 20 years later, I'm now sitting here talking to you, not as the expert, but as the advocate for you. This is the first episode, and we're going to dive right in. I don't want to tell you about what we're going to do. I want to actually start doing it. So for the first episode, I want to actually dive in and talk about some of these buzzwords that I led off with. 
AI, machine learning, predictive analytics, big data. These are the buzzwords that we're ha- you know, a lot of people are talking about in this field. And I guess it's good to start off with the first episode with these buzzwords because we can then put it in the comments section and it becomes clickbait as well. But there's more than just clickbait. These are true things, technology, data that's really impacting us now. I can't say this is a future thing. This is really something we have to deal with today. So I figured what better than the first episode to really start dealing with some of these things. So I'm going to start sorting a little bit of it out. We obviously can't answer all your questions today, but we can at least start talking about and have start having this conversation. A Forrester survey of artificial intelligence said in the next five years, 16% of all American jobs are going to fundamentally change. In the next five years, 16%, almost 20% of jobs are going to change in the next five years because of artificial intelligence. I said, IBF, we do a lot of research ourselves. We did a survey uh, over a few years. We're conducting the survey again right now, talking about how we see things progressing in the future for our field. One of the questions we had on that was exactly what was going to be the biggest impact to business forecasting and demand planning going forward. Not surprisingly, 70%, over two-thirds of the participants said that AI and machine learning was either their first, second, or third choice as far as the biggest impact to our field going forward in the next five years. So if you look at the surveys that are happening, not just IBF, but other companies as well, other organizations, across the board in the next five years, something fundamentally is going to change. And I truly believe this is artificial intelligence in demand planning, specifically in our field, it's hit a tipping point for multiple reasons. Why, you might ask? Okay. Number one, availability of data. We have data like we've never had before. We got new sources of data. It's coming in quicker, coming in faster. We're being able to store more of it. It used to, we used to you know, figure out what we had on our computer. Then it was our server. Then we start talking about data lakes. We're talking about data oceans now. The amount of data that's being processed. I just heard a fact the other day. I mean, think, think about this fact. 90% of all data that's created has been created in the last two years. So think about up till a few, couple years ago, if you look at all the data from, you know, the Stone Age, what was chiseled in on a cave, to all the paper, all the content that's been created up to a couple years ago, all that content together. More data has been created in the last two years than all that content. So we are truly at a tipping point when it comes to the available data we have to start modeling and start doing something with. So that's that's obviously one key point. The other one is the processing. I mean, data's okay, but you got to be able to do something with it. Guess what? Technology is starting to catch up. We're starting to see the ability because of technology to start to do something with that data, to start to do something that we've never been able to do before. We have machine learning capabilities that are now being adapted to demand planning. So we're starting to see the capabilities in processing. We're seeing the processing speed from machine and technology catching up to the speed of business nowadays as well. So all those are important aspects as far as data now processing to make that tipping point. 
But I think there's already that third component as well. There's the third area that really makes it a necessity going forward and it, and it helps that tipping point. We need to become more agile and more accurate as organizations. So it's agile, adaptive, and accurate. And that's really where you see AI, machine learning, predictive analytics, those big data, those terminologies that we're using really becoming, hitting that tipping point for organizations because of the need. It's, it's a need that's facilitated by business. The only way you're going to stay competitive going forward is really because of data, because of predictive analytics, and because of automating and augmenting processes and outputs. Because the importance of accuracy is that much more important. IBF did another study saying that 15% improvement on forecast accuracy is 3% to the bottom line. So forecast accuracy obviously is impacting the bottom line, but more important than that is providing insights. And that's really what we're talking about is, is providing those insights for organization. So when the question comes up is, is robot going to take over my job? Maybe that's not the right question. The question may be, is artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive analytics, big data, the internet of things, Whatever other buzzword you want to try to throw in there, if these buzzwords are actual things that's going to fundamentally change the roles we are doing in the future, is, if that's the question, the answer is, of course, yes. Yes. It's going to fundamentally change what we do. So why aren't we going to talk about it then? Why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we looking to see how we can adapt and how we can change? So let's start really peeling away this onion or start to take this apart. Let's talk about AI first. What exactly are we talking about when it comes to AI? AI is this ambiguous term that a lot of people look at and say, okay, AI can be anything to anybody pretty much is with it. Basically, if you, the most basic terms, the way I look at AI or the way IBF looks at AI, it's any software or machine that can automate or augment an input process or output. That's what you're talking about with AI. Now, even that's a broad term. Could you think about it? It's relative to where you are and what you're doing. I mean, you could look back in the 80s. A calculator could have been very considered AI at that point. It was automating a process. It was augmenting an output for us that we couldn't do ourselves. So you get these scientific calculators, hey, that was AI built into it. And you can make the argument it is. But really, AI now has become more relative to our process, to our outputs, and to our inputs today. So taking the same logic, thinking about anything you're doing today, anything that can really take an input, take a process, take an output, automate it, or augment it to make it better, you're looking at, AI type of technology. Inside that AI technology, you're looking at machine learning to help enable that. You're looking at predictive analytics. You're looking at big data. Those are enablers for the automation and augmentation. So it really then comes to what is exactly our role. And that really, will, when it goes back to, is it going to fundamentally change our, or, or 
the other question, is it going to replace us going forward? It's really what you look at your job now and look at your job going forward. If we sit here today, if you and I are sitting and having this conversation and we decide that, hey, our job as demand planners is simply aggregate data, present a one-point forecast, supply chain can then order something or make something. That's my job. If that's what you see your job is, I want you to be very good at your job, but I guarantee a computer can do it better. Those are the facts. We have to look at our jobs as more than that. Our jobs are providing insights. Our job is taking this data, turning this data, communicating this data, storytelling with this data to provide insights to the organization to make decisions. If you look at it, any business decision is really based on a forward-looking projection. Can we agree upon that? Because you're making a decision on something you don't know yet. If it wasn't, then you'd just be reacting to something. So if it's a business decision, it's really based on a forward-looking projection of something. And isn't a forward-looking projection a forecast? Isn't that what we're providing? So it's not just supply chain. It's marketing. It's executives. It's, it's, it's HR. It's every, feel, every function inside your organization that's making business decisions is operating off that forward-looking projection. We're providing that information for, organization, for the organization. We're providing those data into insights so they can make informed decisions. It's a data-driven culture is what we're trying to build. So with that, if you look at your job as that, if we look at our job as, as much more than just providing a single point forecast of this is what we sold last month, if we look at truly look at our jobs as, as, as evolutionary to an organization and, and fundamental to the success of an organization, I mean, I like the quote of, you know, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Guess what? We're that one-eyed man in an organization. We're the ones that can see what's going to happen going forward. So if we truly embrace that as our position going forward, then no. AI is not going to take over our jobs in the future. It's not going to, to you know, computers not going to be able to do what we do going forward because what we do is much more than just that number. So if that's the way we look at our goal, we embrace AI. Why? Why do we embrace AI? Because if we're providing those insights, providing that, that information for organizations, then if, if we can do it better, we can augment inputs, processes, and outputs. If we can improve upon it and do it faster, automate inputs, processes, and outputs, then guess what? We're, provide, we're getting that ability to become more agile, adaptive, and accurate, which is that need, which is that third part of that tipping point for the reason why AI is going to become such a crucial part of our organization and our field going forward. So that's really what we're talking about. And, and, and fundamentally, it's changing for a lot of other reasons. Let's just talk about a couple different ways that we're seeing some of the impact and, and that need play out or that impact play out today. I, I wrote an article uh, called The Amazon Effect. And I, I can't say that it was an original title, but we were talking a little bit about our field and our organization of how it impacted us. 
Because everybody, generally, we look at the Amazon effect as really that the way that brick and mortar, that corner store, mom and pop store, you know, what we call it here in the States, that mom and pop store down in the corner, it's going away because of these large superstores that sell things so much cheaper and you just can't compete anymore. And the Amazon effects closing down small businesses in America. And that's really what we've talked about with the Amazon effect. But I kind of looked at the Amazon effect much, much broader than that. I think it's not only doing that, but it's fundamentally changing the way we have to do business. There's very few businesses out there in industries that are not e impacted by e-commerce nowadays. You're looking, as you get more and more into e-commerce, your business models start to change. And when your business models start to change, that means demand planning, forecasting needs to start changing as well. So e-commerce and Amazon, as, as an example of that e-commerce, is fundamentally the changing the way we have to start forecasting planning, and doing business as an organization. Predictive analytics and machine learning, they're replacing traditional time series methods. So you're really looking at the traditionally looking historically of what you sold of an item isn't working when you start looking at how items are selling online. You need to start understanding the consumer and how the consumers are buying. That really becomes the priority with e-commerce type of planning. We used to have like syndicated data. POS data was king. You got POS data. That's what you start using. Well, guess what? With e-commerce, it's web crawlers that are going out and finding a whole lot of more information that we ever had with that POS data. And it's bringing to us in real time. We are forecasting orders a lot less. We're now looking at a wider variety of predictors and inputs. I had one example where it's a small company. So I'm not talking about the large, you know, mega companies here as well. This is a small company that was had a larger e-commerce presence than what they had in the past. Their forecasting process wasn't working like it used to. So what they ended up doing was start looking at different variables and different types of attributes with that web data that they could start modeling instead of the time series. What they found out was that the number of comments, yes, the number of comments had a high correlation to sales. And if you kind of think about it, it makes sense. If you had an item who had, you know, five stars, but two comments versus an item who had say three and a half stars, but had 500 comments, which one are you going to feel more comfortable going with as a consumer? I can't speak for you. But me personally, I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable going with the item that's tried, true, understand, has a history to it. That's what they found out. So they could look at that item and say, okay, I'm not looking at really what we sold last month, last year for this item. I'm going to look at how many comments this has and then be able to add that into the modeling as well. So instead of just looking at orders of this item, I'm now looking at other variables such as comments and being able to use that as predictor. So, and as I said, I'm not talking about a large company there. That was a small organization that needed to change the way they did business because e-commerce had become more of a prominent part of their business. 
And with that, a couple more that I have here is they're using more real-time data. And, I, and as I said before, if you're on a monthly cycle, you're probably behind right now. Let's be honest. Because information's coming at us that we can process now in almost real time. So if you're batching all your processes for a month, in some industries, that still works. But for the most part, you're probably behind, especially when it comes to if you have an online presence and you're trying to forecast that. You now are looking at more granular levels. You can't look at aggregated levels. You have to look down at the item levels. You have to look at the, the item location, sometimes at the, you know, what channel you're selling it through as well. And you have to start looking at it more granular, possibly even at the day level sometime. So that, that's becoming more of a, a need for organizations. With that, that expands your data because now you're looking at hourly data, monthly you know, opposed to monthly data. You're looking at data at a tuple or an item customer location type of level as well. So it's that granular level. You end up expanding the number of items that you're planning, number of combinations, expand your data capabilities and be able to process that once again. That's the data issue they'll have to. That's the processing capabilities. Those are the other two tipping points that AI is coming in and becoming making that impact for us as well. When you get that much more data, you also start having issues with the data. So you start having data governance. Once again, that's another thing that we're starting to utilize machine learning AI capabilities for anomaly detection, things of that sort as well. And then the last thing is you need to start utilizing that data, the process and everything for analytical decision-making and demand shifting type of techniques. When you have a e-commerce platform, because we're still just talking about the Amazon effect. When you're talking about an e-commerce platform, the capability of, of being able to model and shift demand can happen in almost real time with pricing, with, you know, banners, with things of that sort that you can impact what the consumer's seeing and what the consumer's buying. So you then can look at inventory, your heavy on, things you have higher margin on, things of that sort, and be able to shift demand if you understand those variables. There's a few examples I have on this as well. Because I said, this is, this is occurring today, and it's not just e-commerce. It's happening across the board. Starbucks is a great example. I mean, you can easily pick out some of the big, you know, the big ones you'd look at as far as being technological and data-driven type organizations. And Starbucks is obviously one of those. Starbucks right now, I've heard is it says 100 million transactions a week they collect on the loyalty cards. So they're collecting that right now. And that data is being utilized to help understand that consumer. And that's really one of the major things we're talking about when it comes to predictive analytics versus traditional demand planning or, you know, some of the machine learning algorithms that we're using. It's to really understand that consumer. Because the more we understand the consumer, the better we can market them, the better we can plan for them, the better we can forecast for them. So that's really what we're trying to do is drive to the level of consumer sentiment. And that's really what Starbucks has is, is, is been able to do wonderfully. They can take that information and understand every day you, you, you get a latte, but on Thursday, guess what? You're getting two 
and a pastry is with it as well. So obviously every Thursday, you have a date. But hope it's with your wife because Starbucks has some information on you. If not, they can use against you. But that aside, you look, they're looking at that data and they can understand your buying behavior so they can plan for that on Thursdays, but then also upsell you on other days as well. They could use that information to target you. They're actually have, uh, if you're part of the app in some uh, locations, when you walk up towards a store, guess what's going to pop up on your phone? Advertisements or coupons or something that's trying to upsell you to certain other items. Understanding your buying behavior, understanding how you purchase. So it's getting into the prescriptive type of analytics or demand shaping arena. And those are, when you're looking at that capability, you then can then plan accordingly. And you think about it, I mean, that's, that's Starbucks. I'm not in the same league as Starbucks. I got a small organization. We're just trying to, you know, with one demand plan, we're trying to understand our, our patterns of what happened last, last month. I talked about that small company that was really looking at comments being a, a big driver of their, of their e-commerce platform. Think about them when they, they're launching a new product now. New products, they, okay, it's great on a store. You want that, you know, end cap, everything of that sort to be able to you know, have visibility. But visibility is only one aspect online. You really need the comments. You need other things as far as online as well. So going through that analysis for that small company, they understood what exactly a comment cost. They understood the cost of a comment. So now if they wanted to seed comments, they understood what the value and return on investment is of that. So it's okay with Starbucks, you're thinking 100 million transactions, you know, they're really planning all this information to be able to provide us coupons to shape demand. Well, guess what that small company's doing? They're shaping demand. They're really seeding new products to get those products off the ground and moving a lot quicker. So it's not just the big companies. You can obviously see examples. I mean, I got examples here from McDonald's uh, using uh, interactive drive-through menu boards, or Volvo Mobility, uh, who's using machine learning and clustering and, and to be able to understand what cars they need to have where, uh, things of that sort. So there's a lot of examples out there, but you can really see those examples start to play out every day in small business as well. If it's something as simple as understanding the demographics of your consumer, it's something as taking in weather patterns and, and, and understanding, hey, this is how we're impacted by weather so we can better understand what truly was time series type modeling, what, what was truly an impact of type, other types of models. So we're seeing small companies using variables they have available to be able to understand that consumer better. And those are the first steps we start to take. We're also looking at clustering is, is another one that I uh, mentioned here as well. When you're looking at clustering algorithms or, or classifications, those are being utilized for new products and in, introductions now. Historically, what we've done for new products, let's be honest, is, okay, we have this item here. It's like this item because I think it is. And that's judgment, which is Okay. But if we can take some of that judgment out and say, okay, here's this item. It has all these different attributes. I'm going to find an item that's like it. I looked at a, a small food service company. Um, it was a supply chain that supported a large organization. But what they actually did 
was they took those items and they looked at, okay, what flavors does it have? What price points does it have? Uh, you know, different types of information about the food item. So when they introduced a new food item or as a limited type, type of offer, they would say, okay, looking at a clustering type algorithm, what items does this mostly mirror? Now, opposed to saying this one's most like this, now you have some actual data behind to say, here is an item profile based on all these different attributes of these other items. And I'm not talking about a large organization. Small companies can do that as well. So what we're seeing is AI, machine learning, predictive analytics, big data, all those things have truly hit that tipping point and it's becoming that need for us to start looking at it. And that's really why I wanted to start off this first podcast. I said, this is our first podcast. We're going to have many more, and I hope you're going to join us, talking about other information. But I really wanted to lead with this because we need to start thinking. We need to start challenging your thought. I mean, if nothing else, that's what I want to do. I want to challenge you. I'm hoping to be able to keep these up, provide information for you, but make you think. And that's what we're going to be doing with these podcasts. This is the first of many. Future podcasts, we're going to continue to talk about these things. We're going to talk about the future of demand planning. I want to, I want to go more in depth about AI and machine learning so I can understand it. I want to bring in experts and start talking about, hey, this is truly something we're doing today so you can learn from them. But I also, even though we started with this, I don't want you to think this is what every podcast is going to be. I do want to talk about the fundamentals because those are very important. I'm not discounting those in any means. It's what we, it's what we do every day. I understand a lot of what we do is, is, is moving averages, exponential smoothing, you know, trying to sell this to executives, sales and operation processes. How do we get it off the ground? I'm stuck in, in third gear. How do I get to the next, next level with my SNOP process? How do I get sales to cooperate? What KPI should I use? I mean, I could, I could go on for 30 minutes just talking about this. And we are going to go many episodes talking about this because there's fundamental things we need to address and we need to keep talking about. And we're going to talk about those as well. We're also going to talk to many of you. I said, I'm not the expert, I'm the advocate. So I, this is going to be a conversation. And we're going to have interviews. We're going to have spotlights. We're going to do stories. Uh, case studies. We're going to go through all of that as well. And I want to bring in those subject matter experts. Those people who do have something to add to this community, something to add to this uh, membership organization. I want to bring them in, sit them down and say, okay, let's have this conversation. I can learn from them, but more importantly, hopefully you can learn from them as well. And you can find you know, things that they're doing in their company that you can then apply to your organization as well. And most of all, I want to answer questions because it's most important. This is a conversation. This is a journey we're on together. So I want to have this dialogue. And the only way we're going to properly have this dialogue, if you participate in this dialogue. So I'm asking, please comment, ask me questions. I'd love to start every episode before we even get started with any of the content. Take the first 10 minutes, answer questions. Because I understand that's something that you're in, you want to talk about. If you want to say, hey, what exactly is bias? How do I calculate bias? Great question. Let's take a couple questions. And who knows? 
I could bring in that subject matter expert then to elaborate on that as well. So we want to talk about your questions, but I need to understand what they are. Email me, eric at ibf.org. Comment down below. Find me at a conference. Come up to me. Ask me the question in person. I'd love to be able to talk with many of you, and I hope we keep this conversation going as well. Of course, like this page, share this content. The way we're going to grow this community is with you. So hopefully you are part of this as well. Once again, my name is Eric Wilson with IBF On Demand, our new podcast, sponsored by Archiva, your SNOP software solution. So I'm hoping you enjoyed this first episode. I look forward to many more with you. And in the immortal words of Dr. Jane, happy forecasting.